Welcome, everybody. If you're, if you're standing at your campus, wherever you are, you can go ahead and have a seat. Welcome all of our campuses, everyone watching online, everyone who will be listening to this on the podcast. My name is Lee McDermott, and uh, I've been on staff here at New Spring Church for 20 years. Wow. <clears throat> I was 22 when we got started. I look so young. Thank you for saying that. And uh, um, it's, it's been unbelievable. I, I mean, I just, it's been the gift of a lifetime. So I, m- most of that uh, time on New Spring staff, I was our worship pastor for about the first 15 years, and now I have the privilege of being able to serve with our Greenville campus team. I want to give a special shout out to our Eastland campus, everybody who's watching there today. We love you. We love you. We love you. Meredith Knox is hosting the service there uh, for our chapel service at Eastland. So many wonderful things to come in Revival City, Greenville. Come on, somebody. It is, uh, we we got some great days ahead of us as a church. Amen. Everybody in New Spring believe that? That's what I'm talking about. Well, y'all, Brad and the teaching team have invited me to come and speak on week two of our Hearing God series about how to hear God's voice through the Bible. And, and there, there are a few things that I'm more passionate about in life than this. So I'm so honored to be able to share with you guys today. So honored. So why don't we do this? Let's pray together, and then we'll dive right in, okay? Father, thank you. Thank you, God. The unfolding of your words gives light and so this is, this is my humble request today. Would you incline our hearts to your testimonies and not to selfish gain? Would you open our eyes so that we might see wonderful things out of your laws? Would you unite our hearts to fear your name? And would you satisfy us today with your steadfast love? I minister to you and I worship you now, God, with these, your own words. Oh, the depths of the riches and the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has ever known the mind of the Lord? Who's ever been his counselor? Who has ever given a gift to him that he might be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen and amen. Come on, y'all. Let's give Jesus a hand. We love you, God. We love you. We love you. All right. All right, let's dive into this thing. Who knows what this ancient piece of technology is right here? Back in the 1900s, kids, everyone had one of these, or two or three in your house. This is a telephone. And so uh, just show hands at every single campus. How many of you in this room have never, ever in your life used one of these? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Put it up high. Oh, yeah, that's right. Congratulations. Like, this is the next generation. Y'all, my kids, if I pull out my iPhone and you can't see the face of the person you're talking to, my kids think my phone is broken. That's how far we've come, y'all. This is a telephone. So back in the day, you'd have a bunch of these in your house, and uh, if you wanted to talk to somebody, you didn't have caller ID or anything else like that. you just pick up the phone and say, hello. And then someone would identify themselves, basically, you know, so you start talking to them and everything else like that. Your nightmare in high school is when you were talking to your high school crush and you've been on there for like, I see some nodding heads in here. Uh, You've been on the phone for a couple of hours and all of a sudden you hear this click, somebody else on another phone in your house picks up the line, boop, boop, beep, boop, boop. And you're like, dad, I'm on the phone right now, God. Uh, Son, you've been on the phone for two hours. Yes, hello, Susie. Yeah, 
I'm fine. Tell your parents I said hello. Y'all need to hang up the phone. It's getting late. I mean, that was like, that was nightmare right there. That was the thing that you always tried to avoid, right? So, but here, here's the interesting thing about the way the phone worked back then. It was, it was like, because you didn't have caller ID, the way that you were able to really know who you were talking to on the other end of the line was, you know, how much time you spent with them. Like, you know, when my brother and I were in like high school and college, he could call me because I knew him so well. We had all these inside jokes and it was tone of voice and what he would say and what he wouldn't say. Like, anytime I'd call, I'd be like, hello, and he would say, what's up? And I would say, what's up? You good? Yeah, I'm good. All right, cool, bye. And we just like unpack paragraphs of information in our relationship just by those little words. You gotta know what I'm talking about. The more you know somebody in your relationship with them makes it easier to be able to hear their voice in any way. So here's a connection. The Bible is how we get to know God's voice so that he can communicate to us in every other possible way. We, we become phone call familiar with him through the scriptures. So, if you're taking notes, write this down. The Bible is the best way to know, number one, what God would say and how he would say it. Tone and content. Tone and content. What he would say and how he would say it. When you're reading the Bible, you are hearing from God. When you're reading the Bible, you are hearing from God. This short phrase, very important. Reading is listening. And we come to this conclusion by, by this sort of theological statement that, that goes like this. You can write this down too. All the words of Scripture are God's words. All the words of the Bible are God's words. And we get there through 2 Timothy 3.16, which says all Scripture is breathed out by God. All Scripture, all Scripture, everything in here is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete, fully equipped for every good work. All the words of Scripture are God's words. We get that from the Scriptures itself. God cares very deeply about his words. Like, it's one of the primary, most, most focal point ways that he does anything in the universe is through his speech, his language, his speaking, his words. So like, you know, we see this played all the way through the scriptures. Well, let me just take you on a little journey here. So Genesis chapter one says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was out form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. Let there be light. What we find here is that God's words are not merely information carriers. They are creative engines. They are creative engines. Deuteronomy chapter 8 says, Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Psalm 1 says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, whose leaf does not wither, and all he does he prospers. Life, vitality is coming from the words of God. Psalm 12, the words of the Lord are pure words like silver refined in a furnace on the ground, purified seven times, the number seven for completion, complete purity inside the words of God. Psalm 18 says that every word of the Lord proves true. Over time, everybody's gonna have something to say, but God's word's gonna be the thing that stands in the end. 
Psalm 19, verses 7 through 11. This is, this is the good stuff right here, you guys. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandments of the Lord are true, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More are they to be desired than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. Perfect. It makes you wise. It enlightens you. It brings you joy. It reward is sweeter than... My, my kids were saying this week, guess what, Daddy? God's word's sweeter than candy. It's because they're getting close to Halloween. So, you know. <laughs> Do you guys get the picture of what the Bible's trying to communicate here? Psalm 119 176 verses of devotion to the word of Scripture. I've hidden your word in my heart so I might not sin against you. How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. The unfolding of your words gives light to all perfection. I have seen a limit, but your commandment is exceedingly broad. There are no limitations to God's word. This is just different stuff. Isaiah 40 says, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. Isaiah 55, as the rain and snow come down from heaven to earth, but do not return there, but water it, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so is my word that comes from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish everything for which I send it. Y'all check this one out. Jeremiah 15, 17. Oh, this one really speaks to me. Behold, your words were found, and I ate them, and they became to me a joy and the delight of my heart. Whew. Jesus continues this in Matthew chapter 5. He says, don't think I've come to abolish the law and the prophets. On the contrary, I've not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. I tell you the truth, heaven and earth will pass away, but not a single dot of an eye is going to pass away from the law and the prophets until all has been accomplished. Matthew chapter 7. He gives the illustration of the man who builds his house on a rock. You build, your, you build your life on my words, let the storm come. That house will stand. John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. Jesus is the Word. He is God, and he brings us life and light. Romans 10, 17, faith comes from hearing the words of Jesus Christ. 2 Timothy 3, 16, we heard it earlier. All scriptures breathed out by God and profitable, profitable. And then Hebrews, oh man, Hebrews chapter one. Long ago, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets, but in these last days, he spoke to us through his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things and through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the express image of his nature, the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. God's words, his words. God's word is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, discerning the thoughts and the intention of the heart. When you read the Bible, it reads you. Do you see what the Bible is saying about itself? Now, I, I get that some of you may have this you know, sort of hang-up from an intellectual perspective, given that like, okay, an ultimate authority claiming to be an ultimate authority is a circular argument. I understand that. 
But look, I don't need to know the history of the automobile in order to trust that I can get in a car and it can take me somewhere. So what I'm trying to tell you is that if you have any hang-ups about the history of the Bible or how it was all put together or the authenticity of it, you can do research on that and it will prove itself for you. But the better way to see, is the Bible really what Lee is talking about? Is it really living and active? The best way to prove it is to get in it and drive the thing. So in my life, this has been proved out. I mean, for me personally, the first time I ever read through the scriptures cover to cover, I was about 24 years old. I'd already been leading worship at New Spring for a couple of years and was at a camp and the, the evangelist who was there, I think he could tell that I was kind of green in ministry and you know, maybe I didn't quite know what I was talking about even though I was singing and playing guitar and stuff like that. And he said, hey, have you read all the scriptures, like all of them? And I said, well, no, not yet. And he's like, mm, you may want to just slow up on what you speak from the stage and just tell people, stand and sing and you may be seated. You may just want to chill on anything else that you try to say from the stage. It was like very convicting, very, very convicting at that point. So, but he was right, you know. So he said, why don't you just try to read, read through it really fast. It only takes about 40 hours to get cover to cover. Just go through it as fast as you can. So I took him up on that. I got, I got a little pocket Bible, put it in my back. See, I read it at stoplights and just everywhere. And after those few months of reading it, it was like I was a different person. It was like some massive shift that happened in my brain. These hanging, these little doubts and issues that had been hanging around inside my spirit for years, ever since I was in high school, they just like got smashed to pieces. Because what I began to see in the complete reading of the scriptures was, it's like this person emerged. It's like God himself, Jesus, consistent through every section of the scriptures, all the way through from front to, from front to back. I didn't realize it was like this cascade of lies that I had believed about God and about the Bible until I finally read it for myself. No commentary, nobody telling me this, that, or the other. Just me and the words. And I mean, it, was, it, was, it proved it. It is living and active. And, and it did some things in me that, that changed me forever. When I was a single guy, y'all, I was so lonely, depressed, angry, so many times just in war for my mind. And God gave me Psalm 16 as equipment to learn how to pray, how to pre- for protection. And so just, I would slowly but surely pray every single sentence. I just want to commend even that scripture for any of you guys who are dealing with loneliness or feel like you've got mental battles you can't overcome. Listen, these words, preserve me, O oh God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. As for the saints in the land, they're the excellent ones in whom is all my delight. The sorrows of those who run after another God will multiply. Their drink offerings of blood I will not pour out or take their names upon my lips. The Lord is my chosen portion in my cup. You hold my lot. The lines have fallen from me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. If you go all the way down, like by the time I got into the top of that psalm, praying it, just all bound up and foggy in my mind. By the time I got to verse 11, where it says, in your presence is the fullness of joy at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Man, it was like I could breathe again. I'm just telling you, that like memorization of scripture has never been about becoming a more religious person for me. It has been because I am needy and my mind is weak and God has given me this massive weaponry in his word to be able to become a sane human being fit for functional work in society. I'm telling you, the Bible has rescued me more times than I can count, y'all. I mean, and not just in that sense, but like the Bible, God has named me. He has given me my identity through the scriptures. You gotta check this out. This is so cool. This is so cool. 
In John chapter 1, we, John the Baptist comes into scene. I think about John the Baptist like Clayton King with hair. You know what I mean? Um, you know, like just mountain man, evangelist. Anyway, so John the Baptist comes on the scene. Religious leaders from Jerusalem, they come out to him, and they're just like, hey, who are you? Who are you? Where'd you come from? What authority do you have? And John does not answer with his name. He could have said, I'm John, son of Zechariah. All you fools know who I am because my dad was one of y'all. He doesn't answer with his name. They say, who are you? He says, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. Isaiah 40. That's from Isaiah 40. Years ago, I saw this and I was like, God, I want that. I want you to name me. I want you to give me something that is so deep. Somebody come to me and they say, hey, who are you? And he led me to Psalm 84, verse 10. It says, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. And I was like, that's it. That's what I want to be. I just want to hold the door and be like, come on in, y'all. Jesus is right this way. Get all you want. He's the best. He's the best thing. He's the best of all his gifts. Come on. Now, one day, God, he began to show me that Psalm 84 in its entirety. It's, the whole, it's not just my name, but the whole story of my life. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, just faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. Even a sparrow finds a home and swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young. Even at your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house, ever singing your praise. Blessed are those whose strength is in you and whose heart are the highways to Zion. As they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength, and each one appears before God in Zion. O Lord of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Behold our shield, O God. Look on the face of your anointed. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in you. That's the story of my life, y'all. That's how I want the beginning to the end of my life to read. And I'm not some special set-apart person any more than you are. God may want to have a name for you from his pages in Scripture. All you got to do is ask him for it. And then just go on a hunt. Go look him. The Bible's just not, you know, for protection, for prayer, for all that stuff. I mean, it really is like a word for every single day. I got to tell you all this story, too. The other day, this was just like, you know, a week or two ago. I was like waking up, getting ready to have my quiet time. I got a cup of coffee. It's 530. I'm just like prying my eyelids open, you know. And normally I try to read the scriptures first, but like in this particular day, I, you know, made the mistake of flipping open Fox News and CNN and BBC and all the rest of it. And it's like... All the stuff, the COVID, the racism, the politics, the, you know, conspiracy theories, everything else like that. And I'm just like, what is going on in the world? And I don't know if it's the coffee or the news, but I feel my blood pressure rising and the anxiety just knocking on my door. Hello, good morning. Um, so anyway, I kind of get done with that. And then I open up just so, you know, I have a Bible reading plan I was going through. And sure enough, I land at Isaiah chapter 8, verses 12 and 13. And this is what it says. Get this, y'all. This is what it says. Do not call conspiracy what this people calls conspiracy, nor fear what they fear. It is the Lord alone whom you should fear. I'll take it. Yes. Holy is the word of God. Oh, man. It was like all of a sudden here comes this wave of peace washing over me in two sentences worth of scriptures. 
It was like page after page of the news just darkening my mood and my morning early. Man. And here comes the word of God to heal my situation. Y'all, it can be on time. We got to do this right now. If you're in this room and God's word has ever touched you like that, will you please bear witness and raise your hand right now? Come on. I mean, every campus, come on, raise your hand if God's word has ever reached out and grabbed you like that. Come on, this church knows what what the Bible is, living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to that division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, discerning the thoughts and tensions of the heart. Y'all, months ago, years ago, God knew that I would make the mistake of looking at the news before looking at his word, and he had that word for me planned. Think about that. Woo! Goodness gracious. All right. So here's the question we're trying to answer today. Here's the problem we need to solve. How can I hear God's voice through the Bible? The simple answer is simply read it. It's it's not more complicated than that. Now, let me address all the buts in the room. The objections. Let Let me address all the objections in the room. I'm not really a reader. I don't really have that much time. I don't understand most of it. Oh, and by the way, there have been these like spiritual leaders in my life in the past who like they've quoted all this stuff and then been a bunch of hypocrites about it and derailed their lives. So why should I believe anything that's in that book? Also, it's too politicized right now. I mean, you name it, pick your poison. What's your excuse? They're all there, right? You know, oh, the one I hate the worst is like, I'm not really that smart. I'm not really that much of a reader. I hate that one. So let me address these buts real quick. If Let's hypothetically say that I was your enemy. And my number one job in life was to kill your kids, kill you, steal everything from you, and destroy every trace of you from the earth. And if I knew that reading this Bible, this book, would make you impervious to my attacks, you better believe I would tell you you were stupid. You better believe I would send someone in your life to cast some shade on this. You better believe I would try to make you as busy as possible so that you would never think to read it. You better believe I would do anything I could to keep your eyes out of this. So let's just dispense with that and see the battle for what it is and just go ahead and say, no more, not today. Let's go ahead and take those thoughts, kick them straight on out the door, kick them to the curb, and then let's go back. How can, how, can we read, how can we hear God's voice through the Bible? Simply to read it. Let me give you four tips on how to read the scriptures very quickly. These are super practical. And I want you to just take these because they belong to you. Number one, read it through. Read it through. Cover to cover all of it. And here's the reason why. If, if faith comes from hearing and you need every single, and, and like faith is what we need, and when we read it, faith is created, you need every last inch of, the, of what is in the Bible in order to create all of that faith. John 14, 26 also says, Jesus, Jesus says, I'm gonna send the Holy Spirit to you and he will bring to your remembrance everything that I have told you. And so if you read it all, then the Holy Spirit at any moment can bring some of it to mind because it's all inside your brain. 
So here's the thing. When you get in there and you read some stuff that you just don't understand, keep going because the Bible answers most of its own questions. It's its own best commentary, so to speak. And let's go ahead and smash up another lie. Don't let anybody tell you Leviticus is boring. Don't let anybody tell you Numbers is boring. That is the work of the enemy to keep your eyes out of that book. Listen, there is stuff in there that is so fascinating and so unreal. Now, I get some of it can be dry reading, but keep going and God will give you insight later. Have Samuel's posture and say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening, right? Okay, number two, read it fast. Read it fast. And I, you've got to like say goodbye to the religious spirit in order to get this one because we feel like, oh, if I don't remember every single word, then I, you know, blah, blah, blah. Listen, read it fast. Do it in 90 days, do it in a, in a couple of months or whatever, just so that you get this cinematic overview. You get acquainted with the story and the main character. Number three, read it together. Do this as a family. Do this in your fuse groups. Do this in your small groups. It's really, really great to do this with the encouragement and accountability, and wonder is just multiplied when it's shared. And lastly, read it with humility. Read it with humility. Remember Psalm 1? Blessed is a man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Cynical people are not blessed. Period. If you approach this Bible with negativity and with suspicion, you shouldn't really expect that you're going to get a whole lot of benefit out of it because you're not really, you know what I'm saying? So when you, if you approach it with humility, like, Lord, this is a book about you. First, not about me. Speak, I'm listening. Whatever you want to say to me through this, I'm here for it. I'm just trying to get phone call familiar with you, God. That's where I'm trying to be. You know, if you approach it with humility, you're always, always blessed. Before you read, simply say this to God Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Remember, reading is listening. So in the next few weeks, you're going to learn about how to hear God's voice in a lot of different ways. You're going to have to, you know, you know, we're learning today about how to hear God's voice through his word. You're going to learn how to hear God's voice through his spirit, through people, through circumstances. This is going to open you up to be able to hear God's voice through every other way that he can communicate. But we start here. We start here. Because we want to know God, what God would say and how he would say it. This keeps us free from confusion and from deception. So let me give a word to the young folks here. If you are in middle school, you are not too young for this. You're not too young for this. I think of all these staff kids, you know what I mean? Like Branson Wilson, you're not too young for this thing, man. I think, you know, like Jason Smith's kids, Savvy and Summer, this, this book belongs to you. Matt Weber and Greenville, your kids. This, Michaela, Marquise, this book belongs to you. Come on, y'all. If you're a middle schooler, this is your thing. This is your book. Imitate Swift. This is your book. I just, I'm trying to tell you guys, the younger that you are, when you get your brain into this thing, it's going to do its work in you. It's going to change you forever. Revival belongs to you. This is preparation, right? If you're older here, if you're a parent, if you're a grandparent, I want to challenge you. Let's say, let's say for instance, you might be 65 years old. You got five grandkids. I want you to take the next five years, read through this book with a new, fresh copy every year with a pen and mark it up, what God says to you, dates, memories, insights, and leave it as an inheritance for each one of your grandkids. This is not just your inheritance, it is your legacy. You know the difference between inheritance and legacy? Inheritance is what somebody, what your forebears gave to you. Your legacy is what you leave for the people behind you. 
If you got gray in your hair, pass this on. Y'all, we got about 60-ish days until 2021. Pastor Brad last week said 2021 is the year of the Bible for New Spring Church. I believe that. So here's the activation. If you don't have a Bible plan already, I want to challenge you to read through the New Testament between now and the end of the year to get ready for the year of the Bible. So if, you, if, if, if you're into that, I want you to pull out your phone right now and text 60 days to 30303, and it will give you the link to a Bible reading plan where you can read Matthew to Revelation in between now and December 31st. I want to challenge you to do it. It's going to set you up to be able to walk cover to cover with us through the Bible in 2021. That's what we're going to do in 2021 is read through the Bible. Why might God have us do that? Hmm. In the last days, declares the Lord, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and your daughters are going to prophesy. Your old men are going to dream dreams and young men are going to see visions. Listen, an outpouring of the Holy Spirit is coming for us. And God is true to his nature in us and he is sending us out to be a new thing and to be forerunner, to be a forerunner into this. He's going to make a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. And as we go into hearing his voice and discerning how to hear him, which is essentially what prophecy is, hearing his voice and communicating it, he's going to send us first. He wants to equip us to be guides for all those who are to come. This is why 2021 is the year of the Bible for us. Are you in? Are you in? Are you in? Okay, in just a moment, someone from your campus is going to come out to dismiss and close the service. I want to pray for you and speak a blessing over you. So would you just hold your hands out in, in front of you and receive this? Father, I'm so thankful for your word. We say yes. We say yes, God. We say yes to the journey. Holy Spirit, help us. And now, New Spring Church, I bless you in Jesus' name. May the words of Scripture open for your mind like a map. May the mountains, the rivers, the vast oceans of promise emerge from the pages. May you see gleaming cities of encouragement and well-lit roads of divine direction. Should the way before you seem foggy, despairing, without clarity, may the voice of the Almighty ring out from the pages to give you confidence for today and hope for tomorrow. May you flourish with every sacred sentence. May you find protection and identity. May you find the words you need the moment you need them. I bless you on your journey. Bon voyage into the undiscovered wonders of his word. In the name of the Father, the Spirit, and the Son, amen.